Clou, Kai Clou, Hedran Clou. To what's this Dao all about? A lighthearted look at Taoism featuring Dr. Carl Totten and Todd Perry. Carl is the founder of the Taoist Institute in North Hollywood, California. Todd Perry knows a little about Taoism and is mainly here because he owns a few microphones. Now, let's learn what's this Dao all about. Welcome back to What's This Dow All About? My name is Todd Perry. Uh, you've probably heard me on the show before, and I'm with the great Dr. Carl Totten. Howdy, howdy. Mr. C. Joe, as we call him here. And uh, let's just start off right off the bat. Uh, first of all, uh, anytime when things that don't need to be political get political, in my eyes, it's lame. Because politics is everywhere, and it can, it can ruin the most beautiful things. But... Given the fact that the recent events in the United States are so extreme and so crazy and so confusing and scary for many people, especially people who are into Tao cultivation and following this way of life, uh, it seems that the powers that be are now people running from anything that has to do with Taoism. About a third of the Tao Te Ching is based on leadership and rules and government. So it's not really a big stretch to, you know, use the Tao to deconstruct the current political situation in the United States. Yeah, Lao Tzu had much sagely advice for leaders. Yes, he did. And I don't believe that Donald Trump has read the Tao Te Ching. <laughs> not, not a version that I've seen at any rate. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there is. There's no Tao Te Trump, which would might be kind of a funny funny book to, to write. Yeah, maybe you should put one together. It'd be hysterical. Yeah, maybe that can be the title of this show, the Tao Te Trump. <laughs> I love it. Let's just quit there. This was good enough. Thank you for listening. Okay, we so, got this. <laughs> so Lao Tzu says, the great leader is he who the people say, we did it ourselves. Trump, I alone can fix it. Hmm. Uh, Lao Tzu says, excellent leaders of people lower themselves, but yet Donald Trump sits on a gold toilet seat. <laughs> Speaking about lowering yourself, <laughs> yeah. that, that's a real low-hanging fruit there. <laughs> How narcissistic do you have to be to live in that, you know, you see his house where it has like the gold everywhere and it's really tacky, like you're really trying to impress people or you're a narcissist who thinks he believes to live in that. Like, I don't, it makes no sense to me. Like, uh, Lao Tzu says, violence even well-intentioned, always rebounds upon oneself. Yes. Donald Trump says, we're going to bomb the bleep out of them. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's called what, what goes around comes around. Mm. Yeah, blowback. Karma. Karma. Right. Exactly. Lao Tzu, he who obtains has little. He who scatters has much. Trump, I'm proud of my net worth. I really am. I am really rich. 
Uh, again, talk about low-hanging fruit. Yeah. <laughs> Lao Tzu says, the more laws and order that are made prominent, the more thieves and robbers there will be. Hmm. Donald Trump, I am the law and order candidate. <laughs> Lao Tzu, he who controls others may be powerful, but he who has mastered himself is mightier still. Donald Trump, I got to use some Tic Tacs just in case I start kissing her. <laughs> so... And then we know what came after that. Right. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And, you know, Lao Tzu, it's all about he who has mastered himself. Donald Trump, if you need to throw in a breath mint, because if a good-looking woman comes by, you're just going to throw yourself on them with no self-control whatsoever. And grab them, yes. 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 You have not mastered yourself <laughs> in any way. Uh, oh, boy. Let's see here. Oh, he Actually, you know, Lu Dongpin... And Donald Trump are very much not like each other. We had the whole thing. I think we have, uh, had an email from it from a listener, too, about how Lu Dongpin, beautiful woman, comes to seduce him in his yes. house. And he goes, eh. <laughs> Donald Trump, that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> Would have been a different narrative. Yes, yes. Uh, Lao Tzu, to realize that you do not understand is a virtue. Not to realize that you don't understand is a defect. Donald Trump. When he's talking about foreign policy. I'm speaking with myself, number one, because I have a very good brain and I've said a lot of things. <laughs> oh, my. So he has a very good brain versus not, not just saying, hmm. I don't know what I'm talking about. You know? <laughs> We've got a, a listener email actually sent us one uh, right after the election the other day. Howdy, guys. I'm a big fan of the show. But I have to save my message of adoration for later. That's too bad. I was. <laughs> I got an ego still. There's a lot on my mind right now. With the dramatic events happening of the last couple of days, I've found myself grasping pretty desperately for something, anything that will have, help me approach what feels like a national disaster with a level head. And, uh, and there's also, he's talking about there's some wildfires raging where he lives in western North Carolina, and there's smoke blotting out the sun, mm. and he doesn't feel like there's any sense of hope in the air. Anyhow, I decided to turn to the Tao Te Ching for comfort, since I know it's got plenty to say about government power and being a harmonious country. Things are rarely what they seem and never black and white. History is not a moment. History is a billion different versions of a billion different stories. Half the country is rejoicing today, and I bet that there are just as many genuinely good people in that half as there are that mourns. An open mind is the most potent antidote to hate. I like that. Um... So he's decided that he, he wants to avoid the us versus them rabbit hole mm -hmm. and to react from a place of bottomless compassion and openness rather than indignation, anger, sadness, and disgust. Oh, that's from Nathan, by the way. Yes. And I, <clears throat> thank you, Nathan. That was a great uh, response. We really appreciate it. All of this certainly represents a, a challenge of sorts for all of us, yeah. you know, for any thinking person. You know, this is definitely a time to start thinking. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe you know, people should have started thinking before the election. <laughs> I think you know, one of my Taoist teachers once said, you cannot offend the Tao, but you can offend me. <laughs> right. Isn't that great? <laughs> and so this election cycle has certainly polarized the nation into nearly warring camps, bringing back issues long thought settled to some extent, but obviously they were festering just under the surface, I'd say. Um, and so I started 
again, kind of perusing again the Tao Te Ching for um, uh, relevant commentary. And I found yeah. uh, many things, actually, but a couple of them I want to talk about. First of all, chapter 36, in which Lao Tzu states, that which shrinks must first expand. That which fails must first be strong. That which is cast down must first be raised. Before giving, before receiving, there must be giving. This is called perception of the nature of things. Soft and weak overcome hard and strong. Fish cannot leave deep waters, and a country's weapons should not be displayed. You know, here I believe that Lao Tzu is highlighting the often complementary forces within reality which lead us through some dark places in order to reach the light. And that in the end, the path which is the most yielding and flexible and therefore loving will come to be seen as the way of least resistance. Mm. Still, we have to deal with the fact that obviously a large portion of the electorate felt so marginalized, so angry and diminished that they felt the need to strike back by voting for someone with so many negatives as to almost be unbelievable, like the reality TV show he emerged from, yeah. turning modern America into a warped version of this as a form of pained protest. You know, the tragic part of all of this is that their savior is obviously only concerned with himself and his self-aggrandizement and will certainly abandon them just as much as they felt that the system had already abandoned them by not responding to their needs. And when this occurs, I shudder to think of what their reactions might be. And that's why I actually feel a great deal of compassion towards many of them, not the obvious you know, out-and-out racists and bigots and sexist ones, but the aggrieved majority who felt that they had lost their jobs, their standard of living, their self and other respect, that, and felt that they just had to scream politically in order to get some attention. Well, they've gotten what they wanted. They've gotten everyone's attention in the entire world at this yeah. point. But now, what to do? What to do? Well, in part, I think we'll have to see, see how some things just play out. You know, the Tao informs us that by overreaching and pushing to extremes, you will likely exhaust yourself and your power and actually wind up self-destructing and to collapse eventually. And that's just part of the nature of the universe. You know, extreme positions don't generally do very well. Yeah, they don't last long. They tend to burn out quickly. They tend to burn out quickly because they can't contain most of reality, which is everything else, yeah. <laughs> not in the extremes. And so after a while, they just implode. And so that's one of the dangers, I think, of, that our society and world is going to have to face. And so that's why, generally, calmer and wiser heads rule gently, unobtrusively, to the point where you can barely even remember they are there. But somehow things work out. The people are content, they're well-fed, and society thrives without being pushed. And this is what is needed, but clearly not what we have at this point. Yes. That's Lao Tzu's advice right. to leaders. Be unobtrusive and gentle, and, but just make sure that everything is taken care of, right. and the people will be content. Yeah. So, as to what to do about this now. Well, 
First, things that are clearly evil and just plain wrong, no matter how much support they may receive in some quarters, will provoke resistance, rebellion, pushback, demonstrations, and counteractions, much as we are witnessing at the moment. There, there are also a lot of false narratives and false equivalencies being bandied about, you know, like those who agitate for freedoms being lumped in with those who agitate to take away their freedoms, as if all agitation is deserving of equal respect. You know, I don't see it as a matter so much anymore of right and left or liberal versus conservative as much as simple right versus wrong. <laughs> and only someone so angry as to be virtually unconscious could really confuse the two and become this hypocritical at mm -hmm. this point. So I advise both nonviolent political action as well as deepening one's personal practice to deepen internally our capacity to listen, to empathize with the real suffering of others, so that by feeling heard, they may, in time, soften their extreme positions and re return to something more in balance, which provides benefits to all of the people and not just one side at the expense of a marginalized other. And in that spirit, clearly some of the President-elect's appointments will need to be vigorously opposed, again, due to their adherence to extreme positions which scapegoat others and try to reverse decades of progress towards a more equitable and fair society. And this is not simply business as usual, and that's why the reactions have been so extreme compared to other election cycles, where even if you disagreed with someone's politics, you were still able to support their legitimacy. Mm -hmm. So some of the things that I suggest are uh, kind of in line with many of the things we've been talking about over the year or so of this program, are daily mindful meditation, you know, where we, you, we watch our thoughts, we watch our emotional reactions, we watch our physical states and reactions, we watch our breath, our breathing, and that helps to create a place within, internally, where we can contain all of this external turmoil and prevent it from fragmenting our sense of self. Thus, we feel stronger, uh, better able to resist that which needs to be challenged, while at the same time finding some islands of inner peace and serenity. You know, it's really difficult to function at our peak of performance when we're feeling bad. Yeah. And since others are are feeling contraction into extreme positions, we can seek balance through expansion, compassion, and understanding. You know, I found another relevant chapter, as there are many in the Tao Te Ching. Yes. Just chapter 30 from Lao Tzu. Yes. In the Tao Te Ching, and uh, listen to this. Whenever you advise a ruler in the way of Tao, counsel him not to use force to conquer the universe. For this would only cause resistance. Thorn bushes spring up wherever the army has passed. Lean years follow in the wake of a great war. Just do what needs to be done. Never take advantage of power. Achieve results, but never glory in them. Achieve results, but never boast. Whew, Achieve <laughs> results, but never be proud. Achieve results, because this is the natural way. Achieve results, but not through violence, Force is followed by loss of strength. This is not the way of Tao. That which goes against the Tao 
comes to an early end. These words from Lao Tzu speak for themselves. Isn't that amazing? I feel that last <laughs> sentence gives some hope. Is that that which goes against the Tao comes to an early end. Yes. And it's funny. Uh, achieve results but never boast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but never be proud. Uh, yeah. Never take advantage of power, you know. Yeah. See, we know who should be the, the real chief strategist for, for any administration. It needs to be Lao Tzu. Right? Right. Oh, yeah. There should be a line in here. Don't fat shame models at 3 a.m. on Twitter. Um, yeah. No, I, well, I, I, you know, that which goes against the Dow comes to an early end. And I, I think one great reason that the United States, that this great crazy experiment has lasted for, you know, this long, for, you know, over 240 years, is that uh, it's based on uh, giving people their freedom and and not having an authoritarian, you know, power over them uh, and giving people their freedom is much like the Tao and will last and will grow and will change naturally. But when you interfere with... Someone who says, I alone can do this, who uh, has an authoritarian viewpoint, who wants to inhibit that freedom in certain ways, um, and wants to consolidate power, and wants to marginalize half everybody, uh, it's, you, if you marginalize all those people, they will fight back, there will be blowback, there will be, you know, and we're seeing that already, yes. uh, but we also see so many people being emboldened by a person that spewed so much hate that people are now comfortably assaulting people who are Muslim or, you know, painting swastikas on, it was at Adam Yauk Park in Brooklyn where one of the Beastie Boys who was a, a, who was a Buddhist monk, uh, not quite a monk, but was a, a Buddhist devoted to peace and all this and did all this work for peace and had swastikas put up on the memorials to him mm. and just mm. re really lit a fire and kind of woken this zombie which was latent in, in our culture and, and gave him the power to up and walk and dance, you know. You know, I recently wrote a poem, and one of the lines in there goes something like, you know, when you open the gates of hell, do not be surprised at what comes crawling out. Right, yeah. That, because there's a new devil at every level. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, so obviously, you know, there's some legitimate pushback through demonstrations, through letters and phone calls to one's representatives, through you know, there's likely to be a million woman march on uh, Washington during the inauguration. Uh, I mean, I think we're going to see some things in this country we've never witnessed before. Yeah. Um, so that and, and that's uh, I think very legitimate. But what we also have to do is realize that people who voted the way they did, they they had something inside of them that pushed them in that direction. And I think we need to try to understand that. Because I, th I have absolutely no doubt that many of the things that they felt and saw and realized about politics, about so-called free trade, uh, about Wall Street, yay, Occupy Wall Street, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, you know, about the inequities and unfairness that much of the middle uh, class is feeling, all of that is absolutely valid and legitimate. Mm -hmm. Is this president-elect the solution and savior of that? He says he is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
but I don't believe him. Yeah. <laughs> I frankly don't believe him because he's proven over and over and over that he's a con man. Right. And so, you know, he's going to take just like he's always, he's going to, you know, you can't change a tiger stripes very easily. Right, yeah. Yeah. And that's really hard to do. Especially with a 70-year-old man, (laughs) you know. Yeah, things have a momentum after a while. Yeah. And unless a person becomes enlightened and then consciously chooses to change their direction, which is certainly possible, but unless that happens... They're going to continue going in the same direction with the same momentum that they've always done. Right. They can't help it. Yeah. We are creatures of habit. Yeah. All human beings are. And, and that is why we have to be so, you know, we have to do what uh, Lu Tung Pen said. We have to turn the mirror around yeah. and take a look at ourselves and say, who are we and what are we doing right. and why yeah. and why? And is there a broader perspective that's more encompassing of the facts of reality and that will include more people and the betterment of more people as to how we hold reality. Mm-hmm. That's everybody's challenge. You know, are you more inclusive or are you becoming more exclusive mm-hmm. you know, in how you carry yourself? And for leaders in a position of power, this is particularly important. All you have to do is look at the lessons of history where you have kind of a demagogic uh, leader come to power by marginalizing and scapegoating others. And what has that always, always, always led to? Decay, Genocide, violence, murder of millions. And so, you know, people who say, well, that could never happen. Well, (laughs) Mm. again, history, if you don't study it, you are condemned to repeat it. Yes. We know that without any doubt. We and know you, that. And you, uh, you, you showed me this really great piece that I think is a wonderful way for those of us, you know, who I, I'm assuming most of the people who listen to this show are people that are probably uh, not fans of Mr. Trump or his agenda or his movement. Um, but this piece right here is a great way to be open-hearted and have compassion, but also hold, hold people accountable who supported him. Yeah. Much as people who did not vote for him and, and voted for Hillary Clinton or, or voted for Gary Johnson or, or Jill Stein, that they would have to be responsible for their leaders as well. Yes. You know, the people that they, you know, supported. And this is by a guy named John Pavlovitz. And it says, if you voted for him, I really need you to hear something right now. I believe you. I believe you when you say that you're not a racist. I believe you when you say you're not a bigot. I believe you when you say you're not homophobic, you're not misogynist, you're not an Islamophobe, you're not an anti-Semite. I believe you when you say that you don't condone violence and discrimination and bullying. But I won't keep believing you if you remain silent. I know you had legitimate reasons for voting for him, things that are either real or imagined, and, you're gen- and it genuinely moved your decision and that you wrestled with these reasons greatly. Bigly. I just put that in. <laughs> but I don't care about those reasons, not because I don't care about you or your value or what you understand. You see, regardless of why you voted for him, you did vote for him. Your affirmation of him and your elevation of him to this position came with what you knew about him. 
It came after hearing the horrible, degrading, vile things he said about women. It came after hearing him encouraging his supporters to be violent with protesters. It came after he advocated for Muslims to be expelled and profiled. It came after he made fun of a man with a physical disability. It came after he framed Black Lives Matter movement as a criminal and subversive organization. It came after he personally criticized the appearance and weight and sexual activity of women opponents. It came after he chose a vice president who believes gay people can pray away their gayness. It came after the KKK and the neo-Nazis endorsed him. Those were all the things you had to weigh to cast your vote. And by whatever method you used, you declared these things within your morally acceptable parameters. You deemed these part of the lesser of two evils in voting your conscience. And these things made the cut. And so the whys of your vote matter less now than the who of your vote. That person is here and everything happening now is the reality you and I need to deal with together. That's important. Yes. Both of our intentions have to yield to the moment we stand together. And I need you to speak right now. If the acts of violence towards people of color and the harassment of the Muslim community and anti-Semitic graffiti and the misogynistic assaults on women make you sick, if they are not your heart, if they are not acceptable, and if they are not who you are, you need to say so. But if you refuse to speak to the events of these days, if you choose to stay silent, whether out of fear or shame or buyer's remorse or ambivalence, I'll have no choice to believe that you are okay with all of this. And here's the thing, friend. If you were to say that you are not okay with all of this, if you were to stand up to the bigots and the racists and the misogynists and the homophobes and the anti-Semites and the xenophobes, you will find that I will stand with you. But make no mistake. I will hold your silence against you. I will hold your inaction against you. I will hold your refusal to see the pain of those your vote has at least in some part initiated against you. Friend, you may feel like you're being attacked these days, but you're not. You're being challenged to be the person who you tell us that you are. Wow. Isn't that brilliant? Wow. That's, that, it, it's beautiful because, again, when 60 million people in the country made this decision... They can't all be terrible, right? <laughs> you know, they can't all be bad. And I'm sure there are people listening that in their lives have loved ones that voted for Trump and co-workers and, and any, anything that, that, that voted for this man. And you rack your mind and almost feel like you can't make eye contact with this person because they stood and they supported and uplifted a man that was uh, everything, I think, that is in the, the, the dark regions of our national character, you know. And are not really part of the American, uh, the ideal of the American tradition. Right. You know, there, there are a lot of things that uh, uh, America has done that actually violate its own ideals, as we all know. Yes. <laughs> you know, but we have to hold the country to that, we, to, their, to the best of their ideals, not the worst of their practices. Yes. <laughs> you know. And, uh, and also, it's important to realize a couple of other things, too. You know, the popular vote was not won by the president-elect. It was yes. won by the opponent, actually, right. yeah. by well over a million votes, maybe close to two million. Um, and then the other thing is that the people, both sides, you know, both parties and, and the minor parties, too, the people who voted for any of them were still less than the ones who didn't vote at all. Right. A lot of people voted by their silence. Yes. And uh, I think that's uh, appalling. Yes. It really is. Right. 
you know, I, I think just like everybody, you know, who's over whatever, everyone who has an income and is over whatever age has to, uh, you know, file their taxes. I think everybody mm. should have to file their vote. Right. <laughs> you know, even if you vote, you know, none of the above, you know, you need to weigh in right. you know, because you're part of this democracy, you know, this, this, this representative uh, uh, republic. And I, I think that everybody needs to stand up and make their vote count. And if and even if you don't like anyone there, well, we should be able to write in whoever you choose, or say no, none of the above. Yeah. I don't want any of them. Yeah. But still, you've been heard. Yeah. Well, I think you know. I think it's more of a point of, you know, putting skin in the game. Go up there, vote, and now you're responsible, and it makes more people responsible. But on the other hand, I think there is a large amount of people that don't really follow politics. And don't really participate or really know the issues on a deep level. Because to make it a, an informed decision on the election, you have to know a lot of things. Yes, you have you to have do. spent a lot of time and you have to be informed. And maybe the people who aren't informed not showing up may be better for democracy. This sounds like a selfish thing. But, maybe, you know, it's kind of like it's like the Super Bowl, right? Everybody has a Super Bowl party and there's 20 people there. And there's 10 people that followed the NFL the whole season, right? <laughs> And they're watching the game, and they know exactly what's happening. Then there's the ten people who don't know what's happening, right? <laughs> and I, you know, and and it's it's it's, it's I feel like a lot of the ten percent of the people who don't know what's happening show up on election day just because it's the thing to do. Mm-hmm. And and you have a lot of people that aren't paying attention and don't know the fact that you know um, Donald Trump was not an honest candidate about the way he described many of the issues. You know, when they did the PolitiFact and it was, you know, Hillary Clinton, you know, was dishonest, you know, in like 17% of her claims or whatever, which is not great, but it's within the norm of politicians. It's kind of like, it's within the bandwidth that we all kind of socially accept as being dishonest. (laughs) I'm not saying it's right, but it's in the ballpark. Right. Donald Trump, it was like 70% of the times they fact-checked him, he was wildly incorrect. Yes. Now, if somebody just listened to him the whole time and said, oh, well, I, you know, I believe that climate change is a hoax created by the Chinese, or I believe that, you know, um, that this massive wave of illegal immigration is happening right now, which actually was stable for nine years the same amount of people coming in are going out, but not these hordes of people. And 50% came by plane. The wall is not going to do anything, right? So, but a lot of people, they buy into it because that's what they know and they're not informed and they make that decision. So it's very frightening, the disinformation. Um, I'll, I'll tell you how, how I, I, I dealt with all of this, Dr. Totten. And I, I found that as... The months to the election were gearing up. I feel like I got sucked in, like many people did, where it becomes you're paying attention to it all day. And maybe because of my work, because I have to do a lot of writing about politics and stuff uh, for work, it's even more important. But And you end up just kind of watching the news all day, and it's 1130 at night, and you're having a beer watching Don Lemon you know, and that comes after a whole day of paying attention to this and you get sucked in and then suddenly yeah. it starts to dictate your daily day because, oh, my side's, my side's winning, I feel good today, my side's losing, I feel bad. And now you're, 
Now your dopamine receptors are clued into the whole thing. <laughs> and now everybody against you, you dislike even more because it's part of your identity and you get sucked into this. And it becomes negative and it becomes mean-spirited. And it really sucks you in. And I feel that uh, getting sucked into that election thing was very bad for me because it was the opposite of being in touch with the Tao. Yes. And it's like... Um, I think Bono once said, he said, all my favorite people are either running from God or running to God. <laughs> Nobody in the middle. And I feel like with, with the Tao and with my practice, I'm either running towards the Tao or I'm running away from it, right? And I, being that hooked into the election and everything, I think it, it does something to you, and I don't think it's a positive thing. And so actually when it, when it was over with, I was obviously you know quite upset. And I think... Uh, I might have had a cocktail that morning. <laughs> and uh, breakfast of champions. Right? Oh, that, it, it was a tough morning. It was a tough morning. And and so but then I I realized I was like, okay, I can't let uh, you know, I need to stay informed, but out of the buffet of life, this can't be my main course I'm dining out on every day. I've got to I've got to have some perspective, you know. Right. These things are important and who's the president is important and what's happening in and the, and the rights of disenfranchised people is important. All these things are important. But at a certain point, you need to create some distance or get some perspective. So I immediately, the next day, I stopped watching the news. I went on my Twitter feed because that's how I get all my information. I just muted everybody that talked about politics. Comedians <laughs> that talked about politics. Everything. And I shut it off. And then I started seriously getting back to meditating and being mindful and reading. And I, after about two days... I began to not have false hope, but just realistic, you know, assessment of things. We're better able to put things in perspective. Yeah, definitely. Yes. And I thought that was a beautiful thing. But if I, you know, if I didn't have this practice to go back to, if I didn't have these words mm-hmm. of wisdom, I might have been hung out to dry and I might have been more upset or, you know, who knows? And it shows you just how valuable the Tao is and coming back to these things and having these things rooted in your life, you yes, know? Yes. Um, and so that was very powerful to me. And then I couldn't wait to get back and, and, and get in <laughs> to do this show and come and speak with you and hopefully, uh, you know, be able to affect change in, in, in our own way that we have through this unique venue of this show. That's why, again, I'm so happy that we have this opportunity to uh, communicate with our listeners and give them some, you know, just a little bit of guidance because uh, people are feeling uh, lost uh, right now. And um, uh, I can't uh, emphasize too much the importance of having a practice, you know, a gong, you know, a daily uh-huh. practice where you, you kind of pull away from the madness, go inside, take some deep breaths. And just watch, just observe, you know, and just watch what your mind is doing. Watch what your body, your emotions, watch your blood pressure, (laughs) your pulse rate. But as you notice these things, you become not so attached to them, and that lack of attachment is freedom. And freedom, as far as I'm concerned, is always the goal, Mm. is for each person to have a free heart and a free soul. And when that happens they become connected with the greater Tao and they receive pure downloads of inspiration from the Tao. And then they know who they are, where they came from, where they're going, 
and what to do. It's beautiful. Yes. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Totten. And uh, thank you, everybody, for, for listening to us here. And, uh, again, we get so many wonderful emails from people. And uh, if you have an opinion on this, and if you are one of the people that we talked about that we wanted to have compassion for and better understand, which were the people who supported Donald Trump, please write into the show. You know, it's important to hear from you. And I, we... We did a, a show which ended up being controversial on – we talked about veganism a while back, and we got a lot of responses from people who uh, disagreed with, with some of the things we had to say. And it's wonderful, and it's been great talking with people that disagree because as part of the Tao and as part of the understanding of it, it's about being open-minded, and it's about being open to change, and it's about uh, being open to hear people – clearly and go back to chapter one and listen to them without desire without wanting to hold on to your opinion or you know be rigid because that which is rigid is the way of death and uh, the Tao that can be spoken is not the eternal Tao <laughs> yeah.